from Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. This is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. Before we dive in today's episode, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to Transport Topics, where you can receive exclusive access to our top 100 list, quarterly magazines, and other news surrounding the trucking industry. To subscribe, visit ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. The summer is over and the fall is just beginning, but for fleet managers, it's never too early to prepare for winterization. No matter where you're located, the yearly process of winterizing your fleet is a necessary task for trucks to run at full capacity. Depending on your size of fleet, there's an abundance and a variety of items to check off. So in this episode, we'll ask the questions, how vital is the winterization process to a fleet success? And what are fleet managers' expectations and considerations toward winterizing their fleets? To answer those questions, we have two guests that are well-versed in that subject. We'll speak with Bill Lindsay, Director of Fleet Operations for Clean Harbors, later in the program. But now we'd like to introduce Brian Antonellis, Senior Vice President of Fleet Operations for Fleet Advantage. Welcome to Road Signs, Brian. Great. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on. I witnessed one of your presentations. Uh, actually, it was a, a session during the uh, the TMC spring meeting in Orlando. It was a panel that you that you were included with. Uh, you, you spoke about the uh, in-house maintenance versus uh, outsourcing. So I, I really enjoyed what you had to offer in, in that particular session at the Technology and Maintenance Council meeting. And uh, I definitely thought when it came to this particular subject of uh, fleet maintenance when it comes to winterizing, I thought you, you'd be a great guest for this program. So I do appreciate you coming on. Um, so let's get let's get started. You know, just kind of uh, you know, just kind of want to take it from the beginning before we kind of go into the, the weeds a little bit. Just sort of the you know, as I mentioned in the, the intro, just sort of the the vitalness of getting prepared for the winter. You know, no matter where you're at, you know, be it California or in upstate New York, you know, you still have to prepare for that 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 coldness and, and you know and, and snow in some cases so what should be a fleet's beginning approach when it comes to you know um, preparing to protect their assets being the you know, those trucks that are out on the road yeah no uh, good question right so um, certainly we all know the impacts if you don't do it properly you break down on the side of the road you freeze up you have fuel issues you have DPF issues right so for me it's all starting with what what is the plan? So I, I always kind of, you know, challenge fleets when they say, well, we do two PMs a year. Right? To me, it's all, it starts with your preventative maintenance and your preventative maintenance calendarization. So, you know, the PM that you're doing in March or April, or you're preparing for warm weather, uh, very mild climate across the, most of the U.S., right? So you, you should have key items that you target. When we prepare for winter, that list totally changes, right? A fuel filter that has a little bit of water in it in April or May really isn't a problem. That same fuel filter in November, December, anywhere north of probably I-70 is probably a breakdown on the side of the road, right? So I start off with saying, what is the plan for the year? Right? How are you managing your PMs? When do you when do you target those inspections? And really, should we be checking the same things going into warm weather that we should be checking going into cold weather? So it all starts with setting up an annual plan. Okay, you know I'm zeroing in on 
on winterization. And as you mentioned, it's kind of all part of that particular annual plan. When you kind of get into the weeds of things, you were talking about just the issues with a fuel filter, the whole aspect of fuel winterization. I would I would think, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a pretty major point to contend with when it comes to winter, winterizing your fleet, because when, I guess, you know, protecting your fuel and protecting the fuel tanks, that is very paramount, you know, being that if that's not controlled or maintained, that's the end of things, basically. So, and it's really, you know, puts a number on your uh, MPGs as well. I mean, can you kind of go into that particular aspect and, and why it's so challenging when it comes to a fuel winterization? Yeah. So a couple of key items that, you know, you need to touch on, you know, I talked about calendarization being different in spring than in winter. A couple of key items. I think you just hit on a few of them, right? Um, fuel filters, right? Being, making sure that you have an acceptable amount of water in there, making sure that you have a plan to change it, understanding how the changing temperatures are going to affect that. Um, you move into your DPF system. People think of it as a DPF filter. In the winter months, you move into uh, high idle applications. Many of the trucks today, people talk about a five-minute idle set, but the reality is what the truck does is it, it allows a five-minute idle after it reach, reaches normal operating temperature, right? So all, that increased idle during the winter months is going to cause additional soot to go into your DPF. So, you know, you start with your fuel filters, but then you think about your DPF system. And it's not just the filter, it's a system, right? So you have the seventh injector, which is a inserting the additional fuel for the burn. You have the DPF filter that's there. You have the crossover pump, right? So fuel filters, DPFs, and then you're absolutely right. You you come into fuel blend, right? The uh, number that we use around here, you talked about reduced MPG. You can see as much as two to three tenths MPG reduction in the winter, not only just from the change in fuel and the, and the different blends, but also cold tires, cold transmission, cooler fluids than normal. So, I mean, just a truck that's getting 7.3 drops to seven. And that's if you do things correctly. You had talked about, you know, just I mean, the aspect with the tires and just sort of, you know, rain, snow and slush, you know, that, that, that increases, you know, tire roller resistance, correct? Absolutely. Right. So they're doing a different job than they are in the summer. Um, you know, a few things that we always recommend to our customers that their fleet teams are looking out for is you're typically, if you look at your P&L, you're going to see an increase in expense. And sometimes that expense is warranted, right? You know, in a average fleet this these days, you probably want to run your rear tires back to around 430 seconds. And, um, you know, there's this perception that there's going to be snow and ice in the road. So we need to hurry up and change our tires. The reality is the traction difference between 430 seconds and 830 seconds is very minimal. So making sure that if you're a fleet manager, you're watching for that ramp up of tire expense as we come towards the winter and really making sure you have a good KPI program in place driven from data from your tire OEMs and your local dealers to make sure that as those tires are changed out, we're not getting overly aggressive, right? We're keeping within the constraints of our tire program. We're targeting our initial pull points, right? And that um, we really make sure that uh, the perception of the driver, the perception of the mechanic that you need a brand new tire going into win winter doesn't drive up your expense. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. 
one comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. You touched upon a great point with just sort of the expense of just, you know, staying in business, you know, just the cost of, of doing business, those uh, that PM that you were just talking about. You know, when when you're talking with fleet managers, is that one of the the pain points when it comes to not just winterization, just kind of preventive maintenance, just the, the, the cost of things and that the whole action of performing that preventive maintenance? I mean, th- does cost get in the way or is that a non-starter? Yeah, it, it, it's very important that the fleet professional in that in that location has a seat at the table for cost and decision making, right? The um, some of the leadership in trucking companies or within the private fleets, you know, are focused on a cost per mile or a you know whatever metric they use. But it's crucial that we understand the calendarization, the calendarization of cost, and not every month is flat, right? You know, I talk about being prepared and being prepared for these cycles. PM calendarization, in a way, it really starts with building your budget the year before. And that's really a focus on making sure you allocate the dollars to the correct months as you prepare the equipment to go in. All right, we talked about fuel filters, we talked about DPFs, none of this stuff is cheap. Even the cost and fuel changes in the winter, all right, as you have to cut it and blend it. And if you own your own tanks, you need to do the tank maintenance to make sure that you're testing the tanks to ensure that there's no water or condensation that's built up over the years. Um, you also want to make sure that you have a strategy around, you know, how are you going to treat your fuel? There's really two methods. You treat the main tank that it gets pulled from, and you may own that tank, or you may go to a certain fuel provider that guarantees that fuel is treated, or you treat it on the, uh, in the truck, right? Our recommendation has been, you know, if you're treating in the truck, you have to educate your drivers. It's not about just throwing a can of, um, you know, fuel additive in the unit and saying, hey, treat it when you break down. That's a reactive approach, right? You need to understand how you want to treat it in the main tank. And if you're going to treat it in the truck at the driver level, right, the individual asset level, then you need to have a plan. So you need to be able to communicate that X number of gallons equals X number of quarts of additive. Right? But uh, being prepared for that and um, having an approach to how are you going to manage fuel before you're on the side of the road broken down is, is, is vitally important. You know, one, one thing that you touched upon that, that most of the guests that I speak to, Brian, touch upon, I mean, it doesn't matter if we're talking about fuel winterization or the driver shortage, you know, it, it comes down to communication and just communicating to the, the, the people that you want to perform whatever act you need to perform, you know, talking to people who need to recruit drivers or talking to the drivers who need to, you know, perform these tasks to, you know, better protect that asset, which is the truck, you know, and, and also just kind of going into communication, the, the, the diagnostic communication that's involved in, in doing such, you know, PM that you were just talking about. Can you just also elaborate on that and just sort of, you know, where diagnostic technology has, has come from a point now where it wasn't maybe so prevalent when, when fleet managers were doing this type of thing, such as when arousing their fleet, you know, how, how has that evolved? No, it's a great point. I, uh, I, and I, and I'll keep it short, but I tell a little bit of a personal story here. My first role was a mechanic, right? And the first thing I did when I brought in the truck for a PM service is we drain the oil, 
And if you think about where we've come, the first thing we do now when we bring in a piece of equipment is we hook up a laptop, right? And just the shift that's happened in the industry is we've tried to change, train the workforce to that, you know, dramatic of a change. Um, you know, and then you think about how that affects winter, you can log into um, your diagnostic, diagnostic portal and you're able to go look at your percentage of your DPF, how often they're regenning, right? You're able to look at your um, pressures, you're able to look at your temperatures, right? And you're able to identify key areas where you could have a problem. And the reality is it hasn't set a check engine light, but they've put those parameters in there for you to view so that you can have a solid understanding of, is your truck prepared to get through the winter, right? Um, you know, and, and I, I kind of want to connect a few dots here. So it starts with PM calendarization, making sure you're preparing the equipment at the right time. It encompasses your fuel filters, your DPF system, which is in many, many of our customers, I go out and look and they don't even have that written on their PM check sheet, right? Because their PM check sheet could be, could be dated. The fuel that's going in, how are you going to prepare for it? Are you preparing the tanks that comes out of, or are you preparing your drivers to be able to know how to treat the fuel? Um, your tires, making sure you have a plan so that when you're looking at your tires, you understand whether the execution that's happening in the field, because a set of tires could be several thousand dollars, right? So if they pull them off at eight, nine, or 10, 30 seconds, because they just feel like that's the right thing to do for winter and that's off program, you need to have the KPIs in place, the relationships with your dealers in place to catch those when it happens on a one-off basis. If you go out and do that on a fleet of, you know, 40 or 50 tractors in a DC, you know, you have a couple hundred thousand dollar expense because you changed your approach. And then you're absolutely right. You know, all of this comes down to, these are not the old trucks that we used to run. We don't start with an oil change. We start with plugging in a very sophisticated diagnostic laptop and running through, understanding the parameters in many of those key areas. And also some of the things that can't get picked up on the diagnostic laptop, I think about antifreeze testing and oil testing. During this time, we have extended our oil change intervals. And you know, if an oil tests okay in May, and it's not set to be tested until October, November, you probably need to think about moving some of those diagnostic tests up because um, certainly temperature is going to have an effect on that, right? So really going into it with a full plan, hitting on the key points, making sure you're including technology. And if you have activities that are set to occur within winter months, look at possibly pulling them up if there's little or no cost. Hopefully you can plan them year over year to occur in the fall timeframe, but making sure that we're getting these tests done at the correct time. And uh, so we have confidence that piece of equipment has been checked out from top to bottom. We've run all the diagnostics. We've prepared for the fuels. We've prepared our tires. We have KPIs to watch if we have variation from what we expect. And we can go into the winter with a high level of confidence that we're going to be successful. Well, Brian, I think you put a, a nice bow on this particular package of, of fleet winterization. I, I, I couldn't have uh, picked a, a nice, cleaner, concise closing. We've been speaking with Brian Antonellis, Senior Vice President of Fleet Operations for Fleet Advantage. Brian, it was a pleasure having you on, and thank you for making us smarter about the, the principles of fleet winterization. No, thanks for your time. It was enjoyable. 
transport topics in one word, authoritative. Knowledge. Outstanding. Reliable. We ask transport topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. We have Bill Lindsay, Director of Fleet Operations for Clean Harbors. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you. Glad to have you on. With this particular topic that we're discussing, and it being the fall, and you know, it's never too early to think about you know the winter and the challenges ahead for for fleets. I just kind of want to ask you this question concerning winterization before we kind of get into the deep end of things. When is it the perfect time to prepare for winterization for your fleet? How how, how do you approach that? Yeah, so we're starting into that season right now. Um, the next uh, month or so, we'll we'll start to see the temperature change. So now is a real good time, uh, you know, end of September, beginning of October to start getting ready for the winter. Well, it is usually the first thing that you tend to when it comes to those beginning stages. Um, usually uh, in the fall, we'll send out uh, a maintenance uh, reminder for all our locations um, that talks about uh, cold weather and uh, just some general guidelines on uh, what we need to do to winterize the units. Um, so, for example, if we have a unit that's maybe specialized equipment and it's going to be parked for uh, the winter, may not be used until the spring again, you know, we want to make sure that it's uh, full of fuel to prevent condensation uh, in the fuel tanks. That'll create us some issues uh, when, it, when it's time to be used again. Again, uh, on the condensation piece, make sure that the air tanks are drained so we have uh, no issues there. And then any of the plumbing on the specialized equipment that may have water in it, um, you know, to be drained out and then either, uh, you know, filled with uh, methanol or antifreeze or maybe windshield washer fluid to prevent uh, any residual moisture from, from freezing. You know, when you say specialized equipment, just for our, our listeners, you know, we're primarily in the, you know, the transport industry. So, I mean, when you say uh, specialized equipment, I mean, what? What are you describing? Yeah, so we have um, high-pressure water equipment that we use in uh, in Western Canada and in and in the U.S. as well as our uh, vacuum units or our hydrovac uh, assets that all contain water. You with Clean Harbors being a, a private fleet, the direct department where you're at, you know, for a trucking company, it would be that particular profit center where you're handling is, you know, it's uh, I guess in the layman's way to say it is the, the price of doing business for, for um, the industry that you're in. Can you just tell me just the, the importance of, especially being in Alberta, where you know, you know, the snow and cold is going to be a constant around this time of the year. You know, how, how important is it to, to, to keep your fleet units running, especially during this time in the cold, and just kind of how important is that process of winterization? Yeah, well, the, the challenge here is the temperature can change so quickly. You can have, uh, you know, positive temperature in the morning and, and a negative temperature, freezing temperature in the evening. And if you're not on top of it, uh, you lose your window of opportunity, especially when you're dealing with a number of assets, because you'll never get them all at once uh, to stay on top of the winterization process to make sure that you're prepared so that uh, if the weather does change and you know, you're shorthanded that day or maybe a weekend when there's not as many people around that you don't have to worry about the equipment freezing up on you. In describing the process, 
and winterization. You talked about fuel, you talked about, you know, tires and, and this, the specialized equipment that you use to perform your job for the, the people on your team to perform that job. The years that you've been doing this, uh, what types of improvements ha have you made or has your team worked on, you know, to, to make this process of winterization uh, more efficient? So the uh, winter maintenance letter that I just mentioned, uh, that, that's been an improvement um, that we've shared with everybody in the organization. We, we didn't typically do that when I first started here, uh, you know, and if each location was kind of left to their own to manage their own assets. And one of the big things with our maintenance organization is to create consistency. So that, that maintenance alert goes out to all locations so that everybody has it. Uh, a couple of other things that we've done is, um, you know, we've installed diesel engine fire heaters on units that may or may not get to uh, a plug-in rail in the evening so that they can uh, still start to warm up before the shift starts. So they're on a timer uh, so that they, you know, three hours before the shift starts, this diesel-fired heater will, will start up and, and warm the engine so that when the operator gets there, it's a lot uh, easier to get the unit running and it's a lot less wear and tear on the equipment starting at cold while using these, uh, these engine heaters. The other thing that we've made sure that we do, uh, which is part of the alert, is um, uh, ensuring that our block heaters that are on the on the equipment, as well as the uh, facility or the rail that they plug into, is checked to verify that it's actually good. Uh, nothing more frustrating than plugging a truck in overnight and not actually having an electrical connection there, and your truck will not start in the morning. Being a private fleet, and you know the the vehicles that you have, it's all about transporting one type of goods, and in your case, it's, it's, it's assets, you know, one particular set of assets to another location within the, the company. When you approach such things, such as winterization and the general maintenance of things, do you work with other, I would say for lack of a better word, you know, other satellite places where you're going to have to um, just kind of communicate just sort of um, if, if problem A happens, then we need to do A, B, and C. I mean, you, you had talked about that communication before, just sort of, uh, you know, properly communicating that particular maintenance when it comes to winterization. I mean, is there, is that the particular process uh, that you have in mind when the trucks are out on the road? Yeah. So when the trucks are on the road, I mean, the drivers, um, you know, are pretty self-sufficient on how, you know, if they need to shut it off at night, they know they need to get it into a, a facility, uh, you know, a satellite branch where they can park it inside or at least get it plugged in. Uh, it, sometimes it may be at the hotel and in certain situations, if that's not available, uh, you know, like I'm thinking of Northern Alberta, we have locations where they do not get to a site every night. So that's where the diesel fired heater comes, comes key, right? Um, when we're moving trucks uh, back and forth between uh, maintenance locations or branch locations where they're domiciled, again, uh, you know, the communication has to be key between the operations group and the maintenance group on whether that truck or piece of equipment can sit outside. And in a lot of cases, uh, you know, if it's loaded and it can't sit outside, then we'll try and make room uh, to get it inside where it's uh, somewhat warm or warmer so that it's not going to be frozen up in the morning or at the end of the day even uh, if there's no driver transporting it. You know, Bill, you being in this position that that you're in, especially in you know, Western Canada, where you know, the conditions are, are much more harsher than they would be here in, in where we're at in Washington, D.C., it's really interesting to, to speak with you just about that that niche. When it comes to winterization, being in a place that, you know, it snows and, it, and it's cold, and, and there's no question about that. And, you know, you've been through this cycle plenty of times. Can you just uh, talk about that dynamic, being prepared for that versus, you know, being uh, prepared for that and maybe, you know, 
know, Buffalo, New York, where it is snowing, but I mean, not to the, the degree and intensity that it is in where you're at. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the, the key, real key is to making sure that you, you've kept your maintenance up on your equipment, overall maintenance. And there's a few things that you want to check and make sure that, um, you know, that you, you've got in place, you know, you, you got to have good tires. So typically we see tire sales, uh, you know, increase coming into the next couple of months due to, uh, you know, replacement tires going on uh, for the winter. You know, the block heaters, we talked about that real quick, uh, make sure that they're working uh, winter fronts. Um, a lot of the new equipment uh, with uh, emission systems needs heat to generate uh, the regeneration process. So without having winter fronts off on the, the equipment, they may not be able to generate enough heat to, to complete that process, which again, creates downtime for us. Uh, simple stuff like wipers, make sure your wipers are good. Um, DEF, uh, if, you know, if you have it on the, on the jockey box in a truck, you might need to move it into a cab if it's real cold because it does freeze. Um, in some cases, we see trucks that come from the US up into Canada and they have uh, summer fuel on them. So we have to put uh, uh, additive to the fuel system to keep it from freezing. So there, there's just really a lot of general, uh, which we consider maybe general maintenance items, which some people don't think of because they're not used to it. Uh, like you said, we go through it every winter. Nothing changes. Bill, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you got to uh, you know get your fleet winterized. I just have one last question for you. Just in this particular approach, you know, you, you seem well versed in. Um, what is your advice for for those uh, those managers that are getting into fleet winterization for the first time? What would be the first things to to heed to? Honestly, uh, if anybody's getting into it for the first time uh, and you you've got a new fleet in a colder area, you know. Again, make sure your general maintenance is up to speed. They're up to, uh, you know, standard, um, you know, ensure that the tools that you have on your equipment, uh, the block heaters, the diesel fired heaters, if you have them, uh, the tires, the wipers, all of that is in good working order. Uh, and if you, if you're heading into that storm, make sure your drivers are equipped too, because, uh, you know, there are breakdowns that happen. And the last thing you want to do is have a guy stranded on the side of the road, you know, with, without any preparation, warm gear, uh, that sort of stuff. We've been speaking with Bill Lindsay, Director of Fleet Operations for Clean Harbors. Bill, it was a pleasure having you on and, and thank you for making us smarter about the approach to winterization for fleets. Well, you're entirely welcome. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How vital is the winterization process to a fleet's success? And what are fleet managers' expectations and considerations toward winterizing their fleets? First, a thanks to our guests, Brian Antonellis and Bill Lindsay, for coming onto the show. As we heard from them, the continued maintenance of winterization is a necessary step to battle the cold and ice that worries drivers and technicians alike. As I mentioned earlier with the fall beginning, it's the near-perfect time to set things in motion to prepare your fleet. Lindsay gave us a detailed journey on what Clean Harbors, a private fleet, goes through in the process, and at the same time, explained the nuances involved which differ from other for-hire fleets. However, as Antonellis noted, winterization still boils down to the health of the tires on the road and the status of the fuel that powers the engine. Quite simply, protecting the assets, which are the trucks, and more importantly, the drivers who handle them. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, Please let others know. 
rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Science team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Science. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. <laughs>